distance balls. Sure, they go far, but do they do anything else? The new ERC Soft does. Callaway completely reinvented the way a distance ball performs. Engineered with a new, fast, hybrid cover and a graphene-infused dual soft-fast core, it's a new kind of distance ball, one that actually feels soft and spins more. And once you're on the green, ERC Soft's triple track technology will help you dial in your alignment. Get Callaway's longest ball with soft feel today at callawaygolf.ca. After a somewhat rocky start, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh has started to recover some lost momentum. But in what polls are showing is a two-way race between the Liberals and the Conservatives, expectations for the NDP are somewhat muted. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Parliamentary Bureau Chief John Iveson walks us through how Singh has regained some steam, but how his attempts to make the election a class war could backfire. Don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite listening apps, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher. And if you could, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and a review. So, John, in the run up to this election, there were some who were concerned that NDP leader Jagmeet Singh was in over his head. Why was that? I don't think they gave he'd given uh, anybody any clues that he wasn't in over his head. I mean, just about everything he touched between becoming leader and the campaign starting went wrong. I mean, there were various missteps. Uh, he mishandled the caucus. At one point, he suspended mm-hmm. uh, senior MP David Christofferson because he voted with the Conservatives on an issue of conscience. There were just a whole number of things that just did not seem to work. And he seemed to be out of step with the traditional prairie New Democrats. He tried to connect to the downtown lefty New Democrats, but uh, uh, that didn't seem to be working for him too well. He tried to talk, to connect with the uh, the ethnic communities around Toronto in, in various by elections. None of it seemed to work. So I think you know expectations going into this campaign were subterranean, and since then he stepped up. It seems that uh, his strong suit is campaigning. It's maybe not making decisions. Mm-hmm. It's maybe not policy. It's maybe <laughs> not uh, managing a caucus. But when it comes to having the microphone and the cameras in front of him uh, and portraying uh, a compassionate, confident leader, that's what he's good at. So do you think he's mostly managed to kind of overcome a lot of that skepticism about his leadership since the writ dropped? Well, I think the problem is that you know, for example, in Quebec, it may be too late. I mean, I think that, you know, there are specific issues in Quebec due to his ethnicity. I mean, clearly Bill 21 plays on that fact that most Quebecers think there should be uh, a separation of church and state and a leader Mm -hmm. wearing a turban uh, crosses a line somehow. So, you know, there was that, but there was also the fact that the New Democrats did not seem to be in step with Quebec in some of the, their uh, policy positions. I think he's re- tried to repair some of that damage, for example, saying that Quebec would have a veto over pipelines going through the province. Some other of his of his uh, policies have been specifically tailored towards Quebec, but it may well be it was too late. I mean, if, the, if that party comes out of Quebec with uh, two seats, they're going to be lucky. I mean, the polling The polling yeah. suggests that they have gone into free fall since the days when they were, you know, winning the majority of seats in the province. Mm-hmm. So 
his his resurrection is kind of late in the day. It may be late in the day in other parts of the country, but I think he's got more chance of getting a fair hearing in other parts of the country. And, you know, as I said, I think that the expectations were so low that whatever level he comes in at, it's probably going to be higher than most people thought he was going to record. Now, the Liberals did well in 2015 by trying to out-progressive the NDP led by Tom Mulcair. In this campaign, how does Jagmeet Singh fight against a party that, as you wrote in your recent column, has lifted plenty of ideas from the Orange playbook? Well, he's gone, I mean, in the last election, if you remember, the, the, I think one of the pivotal turning points in 2015 was when Tom Mulcair said that the NDP would provide competent public administration and would balance the books. That opened the door for Justin Trudeau to come out and say, well, look, we're about to go into recession. We need investment in our economy and therefore we will run deficits. You know, I think that was a pretty crucial point in the campaign. It allowed Trudeau to become, to a present himself as, as the agent of change. If you didn't want Harper, mm-hmm. then you wanted change. And if you wanted change, it turns out that Trudeau was going to give you more change than Mulcair. So there was no way the NDP were going to allow themselves to be put in that position again. And therefore, you have not heard the word balanced budgets cross Jagmeet Singh's lips. They're going to spend willy-nilly on various pet projects. You know, when, they, when they, the Liberals have hedged their bets on Pharmacare, for example, They've allocated $6 billion to take the first steps towards pharmacare. The NDP have had no such qualms, and they will go whole, whole hog on, they call it head-to-toe uh, medical coverage. You're going to get dental, me- mental health coverage, pharmacare, uh, and regardless of the cost. So I think the way that they make sure that they are not outflanked on the left is by spending lots and lots of money. Now, I know that, you know, when people go into the ballot box, um, cast their vote, it, it is a very, very much an individual ballot question, you know, can, individual candidates versus leaders and all that sorts of things. But taking a overarching look at the NDP in its current form, what do you suppose the main ballot question for the NDP is? Well, I wrote a column today on parallels with 1972. Now, the, the, the parallels with the 1972 election have been noted in that in both cases, there was a prime minister called Trudeau who came in in a wave of wild optimism and was fighting for his political life against a decent but rather dry conservative leader. But I think mm-hmm. there's another parallel, and that's the, the, the campaign the New Democrats run or are running. They, in 1972, they won the most seats they'd had to that point, 31, by running this uh, strident left-wing rhetoric highlighting the use of uh, government subsidies by profitable corporations that the leader Dave Lewis called corporate welfare bums. Now, if you look at the campaign that Jagmeet Singh is running, it's remarkably similar. It's it's very strident in its tone about governments in Ottawa helping the rich to get richer while everybody else falls back, liberals and conservatives both giving the people at the top whatever they want while the rest of the the rest of the population pays the price being gouged by cell phone companies and big, big polluters getting off the hook. I mean, that rhetoric worked for them then, and I think it's starting to work for them a bit now. I mean, it, to me, it's tired old class warfare rhetoric that uh, you, you would hear from Bernie Sanders or Jeremy Corbyn in the UK. But mm-hmm. and, it, and it's rather ironic, I think, that um, Singh preaches this idea that we've got to move past prejudice and work together, while at the same time, dividing the population along income lines. 
Uh, I think he's been a bit hypocritical on that front. But I do think that the way that he's campaigning, you know, there's a grace and a dignity about him. And we saw that yesterday in an incident I'm sure we'll come to. People are coming around to him. You know, they, they, it's not quite apparent in the horse race number. They're still around about 14%. But he's the most favoured of the leaders. He's got more positive appraisals from voters than negative appraisals compared to Trudeau, who is deeply, deeply in negative territory. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that the campaign they're running is being heard by people and, you know, people are not particularly enthralled by any of their options. And Singh is trying to pitch to those people by saying you don't have to settle for less. Now, you mentioned the the incident that happened in Quebec. And earlier you talked about how he's lost a lot of ground in that province. For the rest of Canada, though, they see Jagmeet Singh campaigning in Quebec, uh, an older uh, Quebec man comes up to him and basically tells him to cut off his turban. You see this calm, respectful response where a lot of people were probably thinking, you know, this is a chance to really lay into this guy. What do you think that says about Jagmeet Singh, uh, his relationship with Quebec, but also um, what it may do for voters in the rest of the country? Right. I don't think it does terribly much for him in, in Quebec, but I think in the rest of the country he is, you know, this is some one of those times things go viral. You know, the, the gentleman said to him, you'll look more like a Canadian. And he just <laughs> chuckled and, and said, I, he disagreed. And he said, I think Canadians are all sorts of people. You know, political goal for the NDP. Uh, he, he said earlier, this is a beautiful country, but there is systemic racism and I'm no stranger to that. Th- that sense of serenity, almost transcending politics is what I think people thought they were getting with Justin Trudeau, but but uh, clearly they weren't. He is kind of running the Justin Trudeau campaign from 2015 and 2019. It reminds me of the incident where there was a protester who came up to him in a well, he was in a town hall and started suggesting he was going to introduce Sharia law. Mm-hmm. And he he resisted, and it, this thing went viral and was seen by millions and millions of people. It was just before the, the NDP leadership race concluded and, you know, many people suggest that that's what put him over the top and made him leader. And he resisted the temptation to say, look, I'm Sikh, not Muslim. Therefore, why would I introduce Sharia law? Uh, it spoke to a, a sort of otherworldliness. You know, he, he resisted. The, he turned the other cheek. There's almost a sort of biblical um, <laughs> serenity to him the way that he did that. Uh, whereas, you know, most of us would have taken an Old Testament approach and taken an eye for an eye. I think it it works well for him. I think you know, like I say, it may be come, coming too late in the game to 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 change the uh, the overall complexion of the of the race. Certainly, as far as making him a genuine contender for prime minister, but it certainly will make some people who are going to vote liberal think twice. Mm-hmm. There was an Angus Reid Institute poll which suggested that vote intentions on the centre left remain extremely fluid. You know, while most Conservatives voters are locked in, there are one quarter of Liberals and New Democrats who say they could switch to another party. And clearly, if they were going to switch, the Liberals would go to the New Democrats and the New Democrats would go to the Liberals. It is possible that there is a a major shift of Liberals late in the day towards the New Democrats that at the very least mean that the Liberals have a, a, a minority government, not a majority. Is that who... Singh is trying to attract in the last 
few weeks of this campaign, uh, possible previous NDP voters who've switched to the Liberals, or is he trying to get back any support he may have lost to Elizabeth May in the Greens, or is he even trying to reach further to the the center or the right and, and attract any conservative voters? Like, what? who's he trying to get to here? I think he'll take anybody who comes his way, but, but clearly <laughs> they lost support. I mean, this is not a, uh, he was in a saving the furniture campaign where, where they were just, you know, they were in danger of slipping below the Greens. They were in danger of losing official party status. I don't think either of those things will happen now. Who does he hurt most of his popularity surges? Justin Trudeau, uh, Liz May, Andrew Scheer. Like who who suffers the most under a resurgent NDP? Well, if the if the NDP really do surge, then you know if if there are twenty five percent of liberal voters who are not yet locked in, and most of those, if they switch, would go to the NDP, then clearly Justin Trudeau. Are the best hopes for the NDP in this race to be kingmaker in a minority government? Like, I don't get the sense that they have a hope of becoming the official opposition. It seems like it's a two-way race between the Liberals and the Conservatives. So what is their, the NDP's best outcome here? Yeah, well, I think that, that, that um, there are opportunities, but also dangers in the scenario you've just talked about. If they, be, if they were propping up, uh, a, well, they've already said they wouldn't prop up a Conservative government, which... I take with a pinch of salt, by the way, because it's easy, easy to say that before the vote, much harder <laughs> after the fact when you've got no money in the coffers to fight another election. True. Um, you know, the NDP voted with the Conservatives on a number of occasions when Har- Harper was the Prime Minister. Everybody said that those Harper minorities would not last very long, but they managed to last a considerable period of time, partly because of NDP support, partly because there were Bloc MPs who wanted to get their pensions, which <laughs> will be the same the same scenario this time around. Do not believe any politician who says I will not vote with a conservative government. But there are there are opportunities to propping up the liberals. There are things that they have in common, that essentially policies that the liberals stole from the NDP on pharmacare, lower cell phone bills, affordable housing. The big one that I would be worried about, especially in your part of the world, is that the NDP made killing TMX a condition of their support. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be a very dangerous move for the for confederation and for Canadian unity. And um, I would hope that Justin Trudeau would think long and hard before agreeing to anything like that. On the the idea of Trans Mountain, the Liberals have bought a pipeline. Do you think that the NDP threat of not working with a party that wants to move forward with TMX would scare the Liberals or the Conservatives who both kind of hitched their wagons to that project? Well, I don't think they, the Conservatives wouldn't even co- contemplate not going ahead with it mm-hmm. uh, just to get NDP support. They, they could not, um, I don't see any scenario where the Conservatives say, right, forget TMX, we're, 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 we need the NDP to keep us in power. But I could see it with the Liberals. I mean, I don't think that there's any great ambitions to expand the oil sands in, in uh, between with Trudeau and his brains trust. I mean, they bought it in a, a kind of act of desperation to keep their uh, grand bargain on pipelines and climate change uh, or, or a carbon tax uh, in place. You know, if you remember back, the British Columbia government wanted to block it. Uh, that meant Kinder Morgan wanted to sell it. If the thing was sold and the expansion of TMX didn't go ahead, 
then Rachel Notley would not agree to sign up for a carbon tax and the yeah. whole thing would just unravel. So there were specific circumstances that persuaded them to to go ahead with the, with the purchase of TMX, but it wasn't a commitment to uh, growing oil production in Alberta. So I think they could be persuaded to ditch it and I think that would be a very dangerous move on their part. So the best hope for the NDP this election is essentially holding sway in a minority government. Is there a low-end benchmark that spells political doom for the leadership career of Jagmeet Singh? Well, there is. I think just to finish the thought on a potential uh, minority government, Mm -hmm. there is a dangerous scenario for the well-being of the New Democrats by getting too close to the Liberals. Singh could claim the implementation of some of his policies as victories if the Liberals brought them into being. But the history of junior partners in even informal coalitions is not great. Yeah. The junior partner ends up getting none of the credit and all of the blame. You know, in Britain, the new Liberal Democrats are still trying to recover from their five-year electoral arrangement with David Cameron's Conservative Party. And and I was referring earlier to the New Democrats from 1972. the, The result of that election was that Pierre Trudeau won by two votes. The NDP then propped up that Liberal government for... 18 months, and then brought it down. Mm-hmm. But when David Lewis, the then leader, tried to resurrect the campaign about uh, big corporations and the Liberals being enthralled to big corporations, his credibility was gone because he propped up that government for 18 months. And I think that uh, the NDP, in this case, if they got too close to the Liberals, would just find themselves wiped out in the next election, which would come pretty soon thereafter. Uh as for this election for Jagmeet Singh, I mean, they're, they're at 44 MPs, I think, at the moment. I think most people think they're going to come back with fewer than that. But at one point, it looked like they, they could be in single figures. So I think he may live to fight another day if he performs well in the, the remaining debates and shows signs of life in some parts of the country. I mean, I don't know what the, what the number is for... Uh, for his survival, but this was a party that was pretty unforgiving with Tom Mulcair, and he nearly became prime minister. Well, I guess it'll be interesting to see how the last few weeks of the campaign go. John, thanks for your time. Okay, all the best. Ten Three is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, John Iveson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>